Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, good to have you on the show this morning. What are you thankful for? Okay, I'm thankful for so many things that this is going to bleed into my, 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 you know, positively different news section but the thing that comes to mind that i'm thankful for right now and the reason that my arms are really really tired and dead is little tiny cars that drive around in a warehouse and go zoom 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 okay you know what i'm i'm not thankful for anything this morning oh why i'm just super gutted why i'm i'm hurt in my soul yeah um i, I thought you were my friend <laughs> and now i found out you're not. Oh, okay. Because I didn't invite you to Because you little- didn't invite me to go go-karting. <laughs> what on earth? What's this all it about? It was like last awesome. night. It was a ra- I was just, I was on my way home from work and I live like two excuses, minutes from the go-kart. Excuses, so. excuses, Okay, well then we can go another time, Lyle. We can go like whenever you, in fact, I asked you yesterday if you wanted to go go-karting and you said that you were busy. So I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, Lyle's so busy. He doesn't have time for little old me. So he can he can uh, he can come go karting another time. Uh, you said you weren't going go karting until next year. This was yesterday. <laughs> yesterday you yes. said you weren't going go karting until next year. <laughs> now you go- <laughs> Within hours of that statement. <laughs> oh dear, I'm thankful for go karts. I'm thankful that go karts exist. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> because they are an important part of society. Where would where would we be without go karts? I just I you know, would for be that so occasional unhappy. for that occasional <laughs> occasional time where you just need to go and blast around a track. That's what it was last night. I yeah. was like, oh man, I need to blast. You just you just it's it's therapeutic. It is. They should call it go kart therapy. It should be it should be prescribed by the doctor. It should. It's like, yeah, you just need some go kart therapy therapy. You just go and ride a go kart around for a couple of hours. Yeah. A couple oh. of hours would be pretty exhausting. Man, yeah, my man, I, I did like thirty minutes last night, and my arms are like dead <laughs> jello. <tired. laughs> <That's clear. laughs> you got to be fit to ride those things. Yeah. This is a reminder: you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Spoke light into dark. 
Welcome back, guys. That was Audrey Sad with New Every Morning. You listen to Faith FM. We're about to have a clue for our quiz. Lawson, let us have it. Okay, here we go. Who am I? It's a person. My father called me the son of a perverse and rebellious woman. <laughs> what a stitch-up. Like that. <laughs> roasted. Like he just roasted, roasted himself. <laughs> this is his dad who said that. To his son, you are the son of a rebellious. What is it? A well, that's a little bit of a, a little bit of a comment on on his opinion of his wife. Isn't it? Yeah, isn't it? that's awful. <laughs> well, you know, the Bible is real. Not all ha- marriages are happy in the Bible, and you know, there are people who do have personality disorders in our world, and sometimes people find themselves unfortunate enough to be married to a person who has a personality disorder. And I would say that this was the case. In uh, this particular uh, situation, yeah, man, what a rough! Because this is the per- this is the son. Right? This is this is this is where um, this is where this is where you 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 you're um, trying to say something. Um, you're trying to get a message across to the son, but it's a way of slamming your wife at the same oh, time. It's just the worst. Yeah, I don't know that that home would have been a very happy place that evening. Clearly not. <laughs> All right, so Call do, you, do you know what it is? I know this phrase very well. I know this verse very well, and the name will come to me soon, but it's not there yet. So, and so while ever it is not there, then you are going to have opportunity to... Win double prizes. Win double prizes. 1-800-324-843. You will get double prizes. Okay, Lyle. Yes. I said before that I had so many good things going on that's going to f- overflow into good news. All right. The first thing I have to talk about is that um, I'm basically I'm I'm a I'm a covert spy at radio. Okay. I, I wear I wear two hats. I'm like undercover double agent, uh-huh. and I'm an undercover double agent for the church that I work for, which is Raymond Terrace Mission. Yep. And I would like to tell everyone that. Okay, to- but, but before you do, let me let me oh, just share this thing. I was just building up, Lyle. Okay, but yeah, there you go. There's this thing called radio. Yeah. And, and when you're on radio, everybody gets to hear it. Yeah. Which kind of is um, counter to being an undercover double agent. Yeah. But anyway, tell us all about it. Yeah, but at my church at Raymond Terrace Mission, we have a juice bar and an op shop, which is having its grand opening today. Yes, it is. So, this is going to be absolutely So, it's had a fantastic. soft opening of the juice bar for a yes. while, but now we have the grand opening of the op shop. Of both. Well, it's the, it's the grand opening of the juice bar. Kind of a grand opening of the op shop, a little bit of a softer opening than the juice bar grand opening, but it's just it's just all happening basically. It is going down. We're going to be having live music, um, discounted juices. You can get basically this wristband that I'm wearing, which is a glow in the dark New Start juice wristband, which actually acts as a ro- as a as a loyalty card. Because okay. if you get one of these wristbands, I believe that it's it's either ten or fifteen percent off the. Ju- all of your juices for the rest Can of I the see year. That? Yeah, sure. Thanks. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I just scored myself. Thieving, thieving is sin. <laughs> thieving is sin. Um, <laughs> I don't remember reading a commandment that says, "Thou shalt not thieve." Well, thou shalt not steal. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I did kind of voluntarily give it to you. <laughs> yeah. So was it even stealing? I just kind of, I just kind of fell for it. That's like, <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be fantastic. If you're in the Newcastle area, um, yeah, come out. Maybe if you're even up in Taree, the sort of Foster Tunnel. Anywhere within uh, a couple of hours' drive, it is worth the drive. Yes, um, my family is going to be driving there, and it's 45 minutes from our place. But they will be driving there today. 
to experience the juice bar mm. and the op shop and pick up some bargains. Yeah, and come hang out with me. <laughs> and, and, and see yeah, Lawson. There, there, and see Lawson. Absolutely. Um, Meet the uh, breakfast show hosts right there. Yeah, it's going to be a really fantastic day. So please, please come out. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is just something something quickly that's been going on in my life. All right. So I uh, I went to the doctors yesterday. Which was a big thing because yeah. for this whole year, well, especially since I went to Africa, I've been really struggling with my health. Uh-huh. Um, and that has sort of manifested itself in a really gnarly nausea and fatigue that, I, that I've been experiencing. It's like, you know, I eat food and I just want to throw up straight away. Like I, I had like half a pizza for dinner last night and it's just like immediately I feel sick, you know. it's. I think you should keep this disease. It'd be a great way of um, losing weight. Losing weight. Yeah. Okay, just <laughs> yeah. Be ill. But at the same time, then it's like I feel sick all the time and then I'm super tired all the time. And so it's been really affecting me really terribly. And so um, I, I took some steps earlier in the year. I went and got some samples done and such and such and to come back, you know, non-conclusive and fine. And so I was like, maybe this is something that goes away. But, you know some four or five months later it's some it wasn't and so i was like okay i need to do something about this so i went to my gp i was like hey i'm experiencing all this stuff like i need to do something about it he's like all right what we're going to do if you've already done a sample before we're going to do blood test samples we're going to you know the whole nine yards test you for everything so i went in and did a blood test like they took like five vials of blood to you know, test for everything, you know, yeah, I was like, good to go. And so that was the middle of last week. And then yesterday I had my doctor's appointment to tell me what was wrong. Okay. And, um, you know, it's the big reveal of like, oh, is Lawson going to die or what, you know, has it got some terrible disease or something? And I go in there and he opens my file and he says, okay, Lawson, um, you are one of the healthiest people that we've ever seen. <laughs> Your blood is fantastic. Your liver and kidney function is amazing. Your thyroid is incredible. Like it's functioning at a rate, you know, it's just, you know, it's not over-functioning. It's not under-functioning. It's responding perfectly. Um, your sugar's a little bit low, but that's typical of someone that's on your kind of diet of being, you know, a vegan. Yep. Um, you know, yeah, but he was just like, everything is perfect. Uh, we went through and looked at your your samples. You've got no bugs, no issues. You know, you, you're, it's it, everything is perfect. And he says to me, so you're a pretty much as fit as a fiddle. Like you are as healthy as someone can be. So what is po- what could possibly be wrong? And I'm just kind of sitting there. Like it was the most mixed emotions that I've yeah, ever had in my that's life. That's very mixed emotions right there. Because I'm sitting there. Like I'm talking it's to like him. really, really glad to be healthy and really, really be ticked off to be unhealthy at the same time. Exactly. I'm like sitting there. My stomach is like turning over. I'm like feeling real sick because I ate, I ate like... I ate like an apple and a piece of bread for breakfast and my stomach's turning over. He's like, you're completely fine. I'm like, oh, wow, okay. Um, So then, you know, we went over and he was like, okay, well, then you're going to have to go to like a a gastric specialist, someone who can actually examine your stomach. Maybe it's something to do with intolerances or something like that because for the most part, like you are very, very far away from dying. Like you are... (laughs) <laughs> so, so yeah, that was an interesting Clean bill of health. Something interesting that happened to me yesterday, and and so I'm kind of happy. Like it's it's good news, you know, positively different. I'm wondering whether it's stress over work. Yeah, some people have said that to me, and stress and, will do that. And 
unfortunately, like I've used a lot of my holiday time being sick. Because yeah. another thing is that my, my immune system has been terribly low and I've gotten sick like at least 10 to 12 times this year, mm. like where I've been just smashed and and some of those have been like I've had to take a week off and, it, and it's been all kinds of different bugs and stuff that have been going around. Like as soon as I hear the words like, oh, have you heard that bug going around? I'm like sick immediately. You know? <laughs> um, and so I haven't had the ability to take much time off and, and I can feel, you know, yeah, getting a bit burnt out, but I'm just looking forward to January. Yeah, take a break. Have yeah. a good holiday. And uh, um, yeah. It'll bounce back. But something just real quickly before we end our segment. Um, I read this recently. Well, I read this this morning. I was like, that is amazing. Um, I have a number of friends who deal with quite severe epilepsy. Um, and it's something that is, is, is becoming actually more and more prominent in young people, especially once, especially amongst like when they get to that you know, it's it's prevalent in young kids, and then once you sort of hit that puberty age, it just like it, if it comes in, you just kind of have it until your twenties, and then it either goes away or you need to take drastic measures with medication or even surgery. And so, I know a bunch of people with epilepsy, um, and the uh, University of Louisiana has now created a device that can detect seizures an hour before they happen with 99.6% accuracy. Oh, wow. 99.6% accuracy. They tested this on children at the Boston Children's Hospital and every, you know, every single one, pretty much 99.6%. So, we're talking the overwhelming majority of seizures were detected an hour before they happened. So, they had the ability to then um, medicate and uh, do everything to prevent that seizure. And I was like, well, that is awesome. Um, that's going to be on the market uh, within the next year, they're hoping, as a household um, consumer device. And That is super that is amazing. Super amazing. Right now, it's this gonna be is life-changing. Ryan Proudfoot with a, a man named Job. You're listening to Faith FM. was a man with all the possessions that this world could hold The father's riches seemed to overflow But all he wanted was you A blameless man who feared God turned away from evil The greatest man his land had ever known But all he wanted was you Tempter came to try to set the Lord against his soul To strip away all that he'd ever owned But all he wanted was you Yeah, just you Just you Covered head to toe Among the 
to question their ways it seems they've led him wrong but then he starts to complain that's when we hear the sound a voice that comes from the wind is here to question you and since you tried to contend i hope you hear the truth that all the wind stars and skies the raging seas the waters rise you can't deny i'm the one that all this has come through I'll always be and I've always been Wherever you've gone, I've been with you then Humble your heart, fall on your knees Trust in my ways when still you can't see When I can't see I trust you Falls into the ground Covers his hand to his mouth So words won't utter out My God, your wonderful ways No man can understand So now I'll give you my days Cause all I need is you Welcome back to Faith FM, continuing on into our current affairs segment. Before we do, I have another clue for the quiz, which unfortunately in the break Lyle answered, and so no double prizes up for grabs today because Lyle didn't want anyone to win double prizes because he's just that kind of person. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Took me a while to get there, but I got there. Who am I? I was killed by the Philistines. Okay. The son of a perverse and what was it? Perverse and a perverse and rebellious and rebellious woman, woman who was <laughs> killed by the Philistines. It's a bit of a tragic story, actually. So give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three if you know who that was. Yeah. Okay. We're going to come back and talk about the Philistines later on in this uh, segment if we get time. But first of all, a uh, special welcome to David Haupt, who's joined us in the studio. Good morning. Now, um, David is going to be featured on our guest interview here in just a moment, but um, seeing as he's here, we'll uh, include him in the show. Um, I want to share with you guys some some in, some, some uh, research that has just come out from the Lowy Institute. This is research into what goes into making an Australian jihadi. And so they have uh, studied very closely the 173 Australians that are currently classed as jihadis. Uh, 105 of those joined ISIS, and then the majority of the rest joined Al-Qaeda or similar organisations. Mm. And there are some surprises in this research. These are not the guys that you might expect them to be. And something that is interesting is Australian jihadis come from very, very different backgrounds uh, to European or American 
jihadis. And so uh, it's interesting to, to look at the, uh, the situation here. The first thing that we need to, to mention is that, uh, that really stands out to me is that Australian jihadis are not refugees. Mm. Um, they are nearly all second generation. So they're not first gen, they're not third gen, they're second generation refugees. Hmm. Uh, which is something we've talked about here before because I think our second generation refugees are the ones that slip through the cracks. The first generation comes out, we give them um, some good solid support. Uh, they know who they are, they have an identity, they come from a particular country and they are immigrants in this country. They came to this country because it was better than the country that they came from and they're thankful to be here and they become law-abiding citizens. Mm. That's what refugees do. Mm. Then they have children, those are the second generation. And those children are, well, what am I? Am I African or am I Australian? Am I Middle Eastern or Australian? Uh, and, you know, if you go back to, uh, you know, the post-war era, was am I Greek or Italian or Australian? What am I? And so you've got a group of people who speak two languages and who experience two cultures and don't know where they fit in and here you've got a group that slips through the cracks. And, um, yeah, uh, David, have you got any thoughts to share on that? You've spent a lifetime in uh, counselling and dealing with uh, these kinds of issues. It's very interesting that this group would experience major stress in their life because the first generation who who know who they are um, wants their children to maintain that identity. But they're actually growing up in an Australian environment. So during the daytime, they in Australian schools, Australian culture, and they uh, they are molded by the Australian culture. But when they enter in back into the family home, as well as in their synagogues, they are suddenly catapulted back into the previous generation, who's expecting them to act exactly as. Uh, they would have acted back in their own country, but they have no linkage to their own country. And so this is, this obviously causes uh, causes stress and anxiety, and yeah, start we, to we even see the, the stress affecting Christian families and Christian churches, where uh, immigrants come in, set up a, a a immigrant church, if I can call it that. In other words, an ethnic church. And uh, they expect their children to speak that language, operate in that certain culture, which is not Australian. And they expect that church to continue even after immigration from that country stops. Exactly. And often the church back home has already moved forward. But here in Australia, they maintain what they think was the old traditional way. And the kids just can't deal with it. Mm. Because who who am I? Mm. It's the constant fluctuation between two cultures. In a lack of yeah, it's the it's the second generation that uh, that really struggles in these in these environments. Okay, interestingly, here in Australia, uh, Australian jihadis are not converts. Mm. In uh, America and Europe, twenty percent of jihadis who travel overseas are converts to Islam, whereas in Australia, it's only eight percent. Mm. That's quite a difference. Um, typically, they are male. They're in their 20s. They come from either Sydney, uh, Western Sydney, or Northern Melbourne, primarily from Western Sydney. Uh, typically, they are married, um, primarily Lebanese, and 40% of them come from Tripoli, which is in Northern Lebanon. That's interesting. Uh, 80% of them have no criminal record whatsoever. A lot of them don't even have so much as a speeding fine. Mm. Hmm, wow. Uh, which is very, very different from Europe 
and uh, the EU, where uh, jihadis from those countries are unemployed criminals, basically. Whereas here in Australia, they are not. Um, they've graduated year 12. They work in a blue-collar job. They do not have mental health uh, issues um, that they're being, you know, being diagnosed or treated for. Um, typically, they will have a, another family, a sibling, not a family, not a family member, but a, but a sibling who is also a jihadi. And they come from, this will be something interesting, David, that really surprised me. Um, so they're married, employed, and have two parents at home. We would say that's a very stable environment. Should be. The problem mm. is that the identity is, is in crisis. <clears throat> yeah. Because mm. obviously, like, my mind goes to, okay, well, then what, what, what compels someone to then be a jihadi? Because usually you'd think the compelling factor is that, you know, they, they have a you know, deep kind of trauma that they want to take out on someone or on something. But if it's, if it's man, if, it's, if they're coming from that good of a place, then it's, what is it? Okay, so here's something interesting else that I wanted that I wanted to talk about, and that is that ninety um, percent of them show no contrition, are considered to not be um, rehabilitatable, if that's a word, and ninety percent of them do not make do not believe they made a mistake in fighting for ISIS, even though ISIS has been destroyed. What's that all about? It's very interesting that one of our core needs of, of, of our life is our personal identity. Secondly, to have a cause to fight for. That is a male uh, factor. All of us wants to fight for something. All of us wants to stand for something. And uh, this gives them not just identity, it gives them something to fight for. Okay, so one of, the, one of the... Purpose. If there's a key takeaway lesson for here us for here as Christians, surely it would be that our young people need to have an identity within Christianity and a cause to fight for within Christianity. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, we don't need to fight by taking up arms. But no, not at all. Stand, we don't want to take up arms. This is the opposite of what we want to do. Stand for what we believe and be able to... Uh, I, I guess, Lyle, what, one of the challenges that I uh, see constantly in Christian churches is the lack of men standing for what they believe it is primarily the the female that takes the lead it is an abdication of the male role model in the christian family home and you'll see many of our christian churches the female that takes the the, the christian lead so yeah. where does it leave the young male yeah wow very very interesting uh observations okay um, half of all of our Australian jihadis now are dead. Uh, 22 are, of them are in custody with the Kurds. Um, of the children born overseas um, who are Australian citizens, uh, 36, 36 of those children are still alive. 10 have been killed in fighting um, and 9 have uh, been repatriated to Australia. So a bit of a tragedy happening there, of course, with, um, with those kids at this particular time. A question that goes through my mind is that you know, and we probably we don't have time to um, to really discuss this one. But why is Australia so much better at integrating these families? Um, why do they come from such better backgrounds than Europe and the United States? You know, maybe um, 
Maybe you've got some thoughts on that and can give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. We, uh, I, I think our multicultural country, and we have probably pushed multiculturalism quite strongly for a long time, has enabled that to happen, that they are better integrated. But um, it would be interesting to know whether we have a smaller percentage of people who come become jihadis as a result of that compared to other nations. Anyway, this is uh, Andrew Peterson with Canaan Bound.
Welcome back, guys. That was Andrew Peterson with Canon Bound here on Faith FM. We're about to have another clue for our quiz, so get ready to give us a call, 1-800-324-843. Lawson, what have you got for us? Okay, who am I? So we know that this guy was the son of a perverse and rebellious woman. Mm-hmm. Um, he was killed by the Philistines, and also his armor-bearer and himself... Um, Attacked and killed 20 Philistine soldiers because the Lord was with us. Yeah, that's quite a story. Yeah. That is quite a story. (laughs) Um, And he survived that particular encounter. Mm. So give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can win a prize completely for free, of course. No double prizes up for grabs today. But, um, yeah, get in there if you know who it is. Fantastic. Well, uh, David Haupt, welcome to the uh, studio this morning. It's great to have you as part of our show. Thank you again. And uh, back to our regular segment, we finished off some time ago. We um, had a bit of a, well, you know, no idea where our future is going and all that kind of thing, but um, we're st- we are planning for the future now, so we have you back on here um, as, part, as one of our regulars. Last time we were doing the regular segment, we were talking about building resilience. Yep. Before we get to that, you've been working with the bushfire relief efforts. Can you give us a quick update um, are there churches out there that are involving themselves? Obviously, things have calmed down in New South Wales, which is your territory. Are there churches out there that are involving themselves in an active way in uh, in, in helping out in the bushfire response? Um, let me just, before I respond to that, say that um, I think resilience and bushfire recovery is is working it's the same hand thing. in hand. Yeah, it's yeah, the same so, thing. So we it? can continue to talk about that. Yeah. Um, just last night, um, I, I got a report from Grafton that Grafton Town is just under smoke. The fire is is right at the doorstep. So it in areas while it is con- contained and controlled, there are other areas where there's still major risk. Um, I've just come through um, Tankari. Through uh, Foster and those areas uh, early in this week, and it is still thick smoke, and um, there's devastation in uh, Kempsey. Over 200 homes have been destroyed there. So uh, our churches in those areas are busy still helping the community, helping them to stand up, helping them to fill out paperwork in order to get uh, government funding. Um, ADRA has been great in supporting our churches by donating $2,000 per church to activate them to, to do this work. We still have churches on standby and uh, still mattresses out on church floors to accommodate people and still have churches that have uh, people that have been evacuated that live there, that eat out of the church, sleep there, uh, do their laundry there, wash themselves, etc. And I'm so great that uh, churches were willing to open their doors and really just embrace people with no strings attached. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. That's Christianity in action. That's what yep. we need to see taking place. And, you know, we, I know I've heard of in the past, and I think that the culture is probably, you know, well past maybe 50, 60 years ago where churches were like, oh, you can't have people sleeping in the sanctuary because... It's a holy place. place. I remember when I was a kid, you know, the mere thought of walking up to the front of the church and going up onto the platform was just like that was sacred, holy ground. You see, like you don't even go there. Um, But now it's like, yeah, we can open open up our church doors and we can take in refugees that are that smell like smoke and look like they've been fighting fires for um, the last four days. And it's like here. 
let's pull a few, pull, pull a few pews aside and uh, slap down a mattress, and you've got a place to sleep. Dorigo Church had, which is a small little church, had over fifty people that stayed in the church before this latest fire erupted. Uh, my last conversation with them, they still had ten families living in the church. Yeah, wow. Praise God. Yeah. And how big would Dorigo Church be? Not huge. Uh, Not huge. Like the, 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 the worship uh, center would seat maybe, what, 50 people? Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. a, and you got 10 families ten living families. in there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a. We've got. A, we we really need to be praying for um, our bushfire situation, and particularly for those people that have been affected by bushfires and are living in emergency accommodation at this time. Um, building resilience. Nothing more topical than that when we are in the middle of a bushfire crisis. What are we talking about today, David? Well, there's there's a number of, of things that we can look at. Um, the tendency for us is to so fixate on the crisis that it eventually consumes us. And uh, many people fall into panic attacks and panic stage when and, and into depression because they can't disconnect from that. People that are very resilient are in actual fact people that can recognize, recognize their losses recognize the the danger that they were in but are able then to disconnect and focus on the positive so um the question is is there positive out of all of this out of this devastation as i was traveling through i stopped over in kempsey 200 homes been destroyed uh, i stopped over in in uh, port in coffs harbor all places that fires have just swept through and you see the devastation, you see the homes that have been destroyed, uh, but you see resilient people. The most phenomenal thing that I saw as I drove into Tankari was in the burnt section, the tiny green tips mm-hmm. of new leaves and grass starting to show. Mm-hmm. Nature, God has developed in nature the ability to disconnect from the destruction and immediately focus on what is left and put all the energy in there. And that is one of the core areas of resilience. So I was, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but I was interviewing a um, a guy from up at Tari, and he's like, yeah, we think our house burnt down. So when we were, they were living in a church at the time, but um, figured there was nothing we'd do about it. So we went down to Wyong for my dad's birthday, you know? Um, and I was like, <laughs> there you go. That's how, That's the Aussie spirit right there, a spirit of resilience. And I want to say to our listeners that God never wastes our pain. What do you mean by that? What I mean by that is that our greatest pain, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says that God has been creating us for good works. Where is that? The the Greek word that is used is better translated with the word crafted. So God has been crafting us for good work. Where does most of our crafting take place? When things go well or when things are going bad in our life? Yeah, well, crafting only takes place when in times of crisis, doesn't it's, it? It's painful moments. And what we see is people out of this misery standing up, looking away from their own misery. But because they have been there, they have a far greater opportunity to help others that are in crisis. So in other words, reframing the pain of my life, using my pain to benefit my community. And that is another principle of resilience, where 
instead of of, of just focusing on my own issues, my own pain, my own destruction, the, the losses that I've experienced, I actually use that experience to benefit others. And and in that way, I don't believe that God brings destruction over us. We live in enemy territory. I believe that it is the evil angel, the devil, that brings destruction. But out of that, God can use that to bring a lot of good. And that brings resilience for us. Mm, mm. Okay, so somebody then, let's say we've got a listener this morning that has lost their home in the fires. What would your advice to that person be at this time to build resilience, build the resilience that is going to be necessary for them to now be a survivor of the stress that's going to come about as a result of losing everything? Firstly, once they, they realize that they are safe, that their family is safe, the, the basic needs are met, and there's a lot of help available for that, then to turn to people that are still struggling and start to visiting them, start to, to, to support them and help them to connect with the agencies that are available to, to help them to stand up again. And in, in that way, start a, a movement of support in their community. Right. Okay. I think that's great advice right there. So the, the best thing to do is to pitch in and to start helping other people and you will be blessed and you'll become resilient by doing so. In Kempsey, our, our, our Aboriginal church, while the, the fires were raging, their members were not focusing on their own safety. They were in actual fact focusing on other people's safety. They went around, they made sure they helped uh, other homes to remove all rubbish around their homes. So, you know, anything that was combustible, they helped them to move. Afterwards, they went around and helped people to clothe them because people left their homes with only the clothes that mm. they had on their mm. back. They went and started getting around to feed them, to give them water, to to, to clothe them. What what a blessing they were. And some of them had lost their own properties. Oh, really? Yeah. That's um that's a that's a very powerful testimony. Yeah. And what a great um what a great what a great work for our indigenous community to be involved in because you know these are the people who have been guardians of this land for you know thousands of years yeah. and um and you know they they must feel terrible when they see this kind of destruction um but just to get out there and just start to help random people that's that's amazing that's fantastic even when they've lost their own homes exactly yeah. just on an emotional psychological perspective that I'd like to just also share that um, journaling is a very powerful thing to do. But uh, so in the midst of a crisis, to take your pen, take five minutes each day and just write a paragraph about your thoughts. That is what modern psychology suggests that we should do. But I want to go a step further just to write about it. Uh, in other words, not analyzing it, I don't believe brings about change. Uh, it is just duplicating the negative thoughts that, that is going through your mind. But to put it down and a day or two later to take up that piece that you've written, read through it and look through for, for distortions in what you've written. Statements that we often would make in, in a time of, of crisis would be, my life will never be the same again. I can never live again. Let's... Let's imagine that a loved one has died in the fire. Mm -hmm. 
Because a number of people have lost loved ones. I will never again be able to live. That's a distorted Mm. statement. Mm -hmm. Celebrating that individual's life, looking at the blessings that is still available for you. I think, yeah, as you said, you know, death is something that affects all of us, and all of us live with tragedy. All of us, most of us have already lost somebody who is a loved one, and if we haven't, we will. Yeah. Um, and we do survive that. I've lost family members under gruesome circumstances. The, the only way that you rise out of that is to recognize the, the loss, to celebrate their life, but then intentionally move and look at the blessings that you still have and use that pain to benefit other people. And that's, I, I guess, one of the reasons that I do the work that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. With the, um, with the survivors of these bushfires, you know, that have lost their home and, and, and this kind of thing, we talked about helping others. We talked about journaling and then looking through those journeys. I like what you said about going back a, a couple of days later and then reframing it, yeah. rephrasing it. Um, what else can we do? Maintaining physical exercise. Okay. Physical exercise actually is proven to release endorphins, release the good feel hormones, and really keep you active and protect you from falling into depression and anxiety. Also maintaining a healthy lifestyle in eating. This is the time that we so often at time of crisis would rather go to fast food shop and, and just grab something, whatever, because it gives us carbs and it gives us for a, a split second, you know, the chocolate will put dopamine into, into our brain and we just, you know, feel good at that moment. But in reality, it drops us f- much further down into a depressed state by, by being intentional in doing physical exercise and maintaining healthy eating habits. Uh, is is so vital and so important for our mental state during this time. Second, uh, thirdly, to um, to keep a spiritual, active life. In other words, keep on connecting with God. Bring all our cares to Him. Scripture says. Yeah, absolutely, David. Thank you so much for um, sharing with us this morning. I think those are really important tips that we do need to focus on. Um, in times of crisis such as this, particularly, I think these fires are affecting nearly all of us. This is Ron and Patty Valiant. You're listening to Faith FM. I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and supplications, because He hath inclined His ear unto me, therefore will I call upon Him. The name of the
survive in the bush? Are you in touch with the God of nature? Are you learning the skills you need for a successful life? Grafton Pathfinder Club can help. With a Christian foundation, our pathfinders enjoy camping out in the most amazing locations. Paddle a canoe, hike up the mountain, abseil down a cliff, tie knots and lashings, follow a map to the treasure, use your survival skills in the bush, earn some honours from a large list of pursuits, Make friends that you'll keep for a lifetime. Our hall meetings in South Grafton are on the first Saturday of each month from 2pm to 4pm. We're inviting young children aged between 10 and 16 to join us on our next adventure. Send us an email now at graftonpathfinders at gmail.com or find us on Facebook under Grafton Pathfinder Club. We're empowering youth for a resilient future. Hi, I'm Tash. And I'm Laura. We'd love for you to come and fellowship with us and worship God at Wollongong Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find us at the corner of Victoria and Young Street and join us for Bible study every Saturday morning at 9.30. And service at 11. See you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Yeah.